Hey there, it's Aaron. Thanks again for listening to The World Dispatch. It really means a lot to us. If you're enjoying us on your smart speaker, awesome. But did you know you can also take us on the go? You can download and subscribe to The World Dispatch for free right on your phone. If you have an iPhone or iPad, tap the purple podcast app, search for The Outline World Dispatch, and hit subscribe. If you have an Android device, open Google Play Music or any other podcast app and also search for The Outline World Dispatch and hit play. All right, thanks again and enjoy the show. The picture of the opening of the 11th and greatest Olympics. The Outline World Dispatch. We took a little break for the holiday, but we're back. It's Tuesday, February 20th, 2018. I'm Aaron Edwards. Culture. The third installment of the Kingdom Hearts series, which is a Disney Square Enix crossover video game about battling darkness and saving Disney characters, is coming out presumably pretty soon. So I wanted to chat with the only other person at the outline who is probably as excited about this installment as I am, culture editor Jeremy Gordon. Kingdom Hearts was released in 2002 in this pre-gaming internet that exists today. Um, I don't remember actually how I found out about Kingdom Hearts. I do remember thinking that it was something made up. I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, is any of this for real or not? I do remember clearly thinking that the premise of this game, which was essentially pitched as it's a Disney game but with Final Fantasy or it's a Final Fantasy game with Disney, it seemed completely made up. Right. So the fact that Kingdom Hearts did become a real thing, the fact that we did start seeing screenshots of it uh, in magazines or posters of it in GameStop that you could pre-order it, I do remember it being this kind of amazing revelatory thing that it even existed, and that's what I was most excited about. For folks who don't know what Kingdom Hearts is, it's this Disney and Square Enix, at the time I think it was just Square, collaboration video game where you play as Sora, who's an original character created for the game. Okay, why not? I'll go with you guys. I'm Sora. As he travels to different Disney worlds, vanquishing darkness, He teams up with Donald Duck and Goofy, who in the game are a mage and a palace knight, respectively. Gorge, are these the heartless guys? Let's go get them! And their mission, essentially, is to protect these various Disney worlds from encroaching darkness. He walks around with this blade that looks like a key which is aptly called a keyblade, <laughs> which is like, I don't know where you come up with that idea from and how you even sit in front of people and say, oh, he's just a spiky-haired dude who carries a key around and he attacks these shadow monsters. Like, it's completely absurd. Right. How will you fight without a weapon? I know now I don't need the keyblade. I've got a better weapon. My heart. <laughs> Your heart? What good will that weak little thing do for you? Although my heart may be weak, it's not alone. It's grown with each new experience, and it's found a home with all the friends I've made. I've become part of their heart just as they've become a part of mine. And if they think of me now and then, if they don't forget me, then our hearts will be one. 
I don't need a weapon. My friends are my, my, friends power. Are my power. I think I very vividly remember actually walking into a GameStop with my mom. I think I had like some money that I was allowed to spend on a game that day. And we walked into the GameStop and I think it was a pretty big release. Like when it came out, it was like plastered all over the GameStop stores. You couldn't really miss it. And so it was an example of like marketing really affecting me in that sense. Like I was 10 years old walking into a GameStop and I see this giant poster of like mm -hmm. this spiky haired kid standing next to Donald and Goofy. It looks like it's about Final Fantasy. It looks like Disney and I'm just like, oh, Crap. Like, I think my mind just went into this complete swirl of different feelings and confusions. And I was like, that's the game I'm going to get. I have no idea what's going on, but but I'm going to get it. Right. And I can very vividly remember the art of the game and the cover of it and uh, a poster, which I did have in my room, which this such a strange blend of moods where... Uh, on the one hand, you have the Disney characters who, for more or less, have always been depicted very cartoonishly and fun. I mean, even the cartoons when we were growing up. But the sort of amazing thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it retained its cartoonishness while also becoming serious in a way that was more fitting for young people, which is thinking about notions of friendship and love and loyalty. The darkness may destroy my body, but it can't touch my heart. My heart will stay with my friends. It'll never die. And, you know, not about violence. There's no blood, like no death, but really things that children can sense, which is this, you know, this feeling of distance and the journey that you're about to go on. I remember when I was young becoming very preoccupied with the sort of gaps between people and the how far... Uh, how far you could go without seeing a friend. I remember I had friends who moved away and would be very conscious of, wow, I'm not going to see them for years, and especially like really pre-internet days. And then in here we have Kingdom Hearts, a game, which is about these sort of these childhood friends being flung across the universe and having to kind of reconcile their closeness for one another. Literally worlds apart. Right. And that I remember being very affecting as a young teenager. And, and that really is like a very serious motif, but yet done in a way that was fitting for the audience and the source material. We're at a place right now where we're waiting for the third major installment in the series. The last major installment, Kingdom Hearts 2, came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. So it's been well over 12 years of a wait between the last major game, save for some small uh, handheld adaptations and additions to the series. Right. And I feel like I'm going to explode because I've been waiting for it for so long and I'm wondering if it's something that I should be embarrassed about playing even now. Like, I revisit those games a lot and play them because they're fun, but this is a fresh game that's going to be out on the market presumably this year, according mm -hmm. to a, a recent trailer that came out. But I'm 26 years old, and I'm not a kid anymore, and I have to, like, you know, tell my friends that the most thing, the one thing that I'm looking forward to the most is this game about Disney characters, which... It's a little slightly embarrassing. Like, I, I will definitely defend it to the death, but I'm very aware of, like, the, the place that it holds in my life now compared to when I was 10. Hey. 
A couple years ago, I was at a party and I started talking to somebody. Uh, we were both a little drunk and we just started talking about video games for whatever reason. And we're in that stage where we were literally just naming games that we really enjoyed. And I remember vividly at one point, he said, I'm embarrassed to tell you what my favorite game is. And I said, oh, it can't be that bad. And he sort of went on about it. And then he told me, and the game was Kingdom Hearts. And I, of course, I said, no, that's not embarrassing at all. I love Kingdom Hearts. And we just started like gushing about it. I do know that it is a thing that adults feel somewhat embarrassed by because, yeah, you can't explain it to someone who you're, you know, imagine explaining that on a date. Like, what are you up to this weekend? Oh, I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts. Oh, what's <laughs> Kingdom Hearts about? What's Kingdom Hearts about? Well, you team up with Donald Duck and Goofy in order to, like, save the Monsters, Inc. world from the <laughs> eternal darkness. Like, you sound like a fucking baby. So, <laughs> right. But and yet it will be so evocative and uh, vivid, especially because... Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 does not really look to be a reinvention of the formula. Uh, you know, just last year, the Nintendo released a Legend of Zelda game that was, like, grown up. It was advanced. It was something that adults could, a real fresh experience. Whereas Kingdom Hearts 3 very much looks like a sequel to Kingdom Hearts. Like, they are not deviating from it. It is the same premise of you are this character. You are accompanied by Donald and Goofy. You are visiting the other worlds and fighting the shadow demons. Um, and the people who are making it must be aware that... Everyone who played these games when they first came out has grown up. I mean, it's been 12 years. That is a K through 12th grade. I mean, you, if you're in kindergarten, when you play it, you're about to go into college now. There's actually kind of, I think, a little bit of genius to it as well, because the Final Fantasy and Square Enix worlds have been growing up and continuing just like the Disney worlds have been growing up and continuing. So mm -hmm. by the time this game eventually comes out, Final Fantasy will have seen, you know, X number of installments since then. And now we're at this, uh, I think we're at 15 now um, and or 16. Yeah, 15, yeah. And, you know, those games still have their leg kind of dipped in the maturity aspect of, of, of anime and of uh, the world that Square Enix is known for creating, but Disney is still has its you know feet in the childhood nostalgia. So I think that right. in some way, without changing the formula, Kingdom Hearts always remains relevant because when they decide to actually bring them together, there is you know kind of a foot in both worlds. In the past year, at least, I've kind of been deliberately revisiting a lot of video games that I played as a kid, in part because I'm just losing faith in the present. And Kingdom Hearts is kind of one of several games that, for some reason, is still able to put me into this mindset of curiosity and just, you know, in some ways, like a very comatose state of just like I'm sitting and I'm gaming and I'm playing this kid and, you know, all my worries are gone for a moment. Uh, and then I, you know, kind of rejolt back into the real world, it does kind of hit on those intersections of, of nostalgia and sort of like this childhood curiosity that I think a lot of people are trying to find ways to tap into now because the world is so dark and, or seemingly so dark to a lot of us just from living online and existing online. And especially with, with regards to that, I think 
you know, video games are a fairly recent medium. They were invented in 1985, more like around 1985. They really don't become truly, truly mainstream popular until like what, 95, like 2005. Like we can argue about it. Like they're still becoming this thing that you will see trend pieces. Like video games are becoming mainstream, um, and part of this, the newness of this medium means that. As people grow up from you know children to adults, they have to con- find new ways to configure it into their lives. I mean, you hear a lot of adult gamers talk about how they manage to play games when they have kids or a wife or a husband or you know a job to go to. Like, how do you balance this really time-consuming thing uh, that you're still interested in? Because you know, if I had it my way, yeah, I could sit and play games all day like I did when I was a kid. I mean, I remember these sessions of playing like 12 hours in a row. But if I did that today, I would like be brutally depressed the next day once I realized how much I'd neglected. So I think for most franchises, because they come out every few years, there you can sort of actively gauge your feelings about something in real time. Like, oh, it's been four years since the last Grand Theft Auto. How do I feel about it now? How do I play it? Um, and that's more manageable. But with Kingdom Hearts, because of this long gap, it really is this test of are the feelings that I had about this when I was a kid, are they still there? Uh, is this, do I have time for this? Does it trigger the same emotions? Like, am I still the same uh, earnest, sweet boy who enjoyed engaging with these worlds, or have I just become a different person? And I'm really, I'm interested in that. I think, uh, you know, gaming to me is most effective when it sort of absorbs you into another world and you can lose yourself in the experience of exploring this imaginary place uh, with the values that the creators want you to think about. Uh, And with Kingdom Hearts, I very much felt that the first time around. But now, 12 years later, uh, who knows? I mean, when when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, I was a high school senior, and now I'm turning 30 in like six months, basically. Uh, Very exciting. Right. So it's a lot... So I am very curious just to see what feelings and emotions will be triggered by what appears to be a very similar experience. Goofy. Goofy. I love him. Peter Pan. Donald. (laughs) Beast. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Did we record that? (laughs) Please tell me you got that. (laughs) Today you heard from Jeremy Gordon, culture editor here at The Outline. If you want more of our stories, our home base is theoutline.com. We're produced by James T. Green. Also, we really want to hear from you. Like, for real. Since we make the show for you, we want to know what you think about it. So send us a tweet at Outline Dispatch. You can hit me up directly at Aaron M. Edwards, or you can email me at Aaron at theoutline.com. Hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories. I'm Aaron Edwards. Go get them. <laughs>